Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much for your word, Lord, and for this message and this beautiful story of redemption and love. And we see Boaz as a kind man, but it always makes me think of you and your kindness and your love and your gentleness, Lord. And I just thank you for how good you are and how much you love us, Father, and how you see us. Help us to see how you see us, Lord, and that we would get to know you more and know your character, Father, and just fall in love with you each day that our love would grow for you. And we know that your love is deep for us, Lord, and we thank you for that. And we ask um, that you would bless our fellowship today, Lord, as um, as we gather as sisters in your word. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you, and we ask this in your precious name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, um, there's so much in Ruth. It's so small, but there's so much in Ruth. And we see that in Ruth 1, there was a tragedy. And and um, I think I'm going to ask See, in Ruth 1, there's a tragedy in the beginning, and we see that um, that Naomi loses her husband and her sons, and um, Ruth loses her husband, and so does Oprah. I always, I want to say Oprah all the time. Is, that, is it just me? Yeah, I know, I want to, I know, Oprah. No, or, Orpa, and I always want to call her Oprah. I don't know, I always had that when I read And then... Um, um, Naomi is saddened and heartbroken, and um, she's going through doubt, and um, she feels like the God has abandoned her and forsaken her, and though it's not true, and but it's normal what she felt after her loss, and, and we see that in Ruth too. We see um, we see Ruth's character as a hard worker, as a loving daughter-in-law as um, she wants to honor her mother-in-law and honor the Lord. And um, we see how God is just there right at, it's not a coincidence. It's all just being played out in his timing and his way. And um, we see that thankfully Boaz is a man of God and, and he's an honorable man and and um, and we just see this love starting. I believe love and um, friendship, really, too. A, a friendship is starting. And and but we see God's character in Boaz, as as Julie mentioned last week. He's like an earthly, temporary redeemer, but we have our in, eternal redeemer, Jesus. And um, we see Boaz shows how he's he's. Um, Showing how the Lord is, how Jesus is to her and to those around him. And um, so we see that now um, Ruth has been working alongside um, Boaz and, and all the co-workers there. And Ruth 2.23, so, um, so we start at Ruth 23, 2.23. So Ruth worked alongside the woman in, in women in Boaz's field, and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Um, then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. So the way I see it is, it's been a while. Um, she's um, been 
there, I believe the book said from April to June. So time has passed by. They have worked daily, and we can see that that's hard work. When I, when I was um, researching on how that's a lot of labor, physical work, um, but I liked how the book said that the Lord provided that work, and, um, and they were blessed by that. And um, by her work ethic, we were able to see her character as well. And um, we see that I imagine like when I used to work full time, I got to know my coworkers. I, I used to work for um, I was for a loan home loan company, and um, so we were in charge of collections. <laughs> but I, I just did the first two three months, and um, still. Um, you know, there were a lot of hardships. A lot of people went through hardships because they couldn't pay their mortgage. And um, The good thing about when you just are a collector for the first three months, you don't have to be as tough. I wasn't made for the other ones <laughs> when you're, like, past the three months. But I got to know my coworkers, and and I remember just, um, just kind of having, like, a unity. Like, when we were stressed out or discouraged, we... Um, always um, talked about it and got together. And I met a lot of good friends that I still um, kind of connect with. So, and I met some brothers and sisters in the Lord, and I met others that were not saved. But either way, we had this mutual respect. Um, so I'm sure since they were working side by side um, physically and, and t- you know, tired, I'm sure that they got to know each other very well. And the way Boaz... Boaz seems is that he was a good um, boss. He was a just boss, and um, because we know he's a good man, I'm sure that um, he took uh, took care of his workers very well. Um, so they got to know each other's character, their personal personalities, their work ethic, um, and we also the way I saw it is that Boaz and Ruth got to see who they were among um, the coworkers. So over the period of the harvest, Ruth and Boaz got to know each other pretty well by seeing what kind of people the other, they got to see each other who they were around other people, um, around a large group, not by, like today, um, usually you go on a date, you know, it's, it's wise to go on a date with your friends, like the first couple of dates, but, you know, um, society, you know, when we see a date, usually, you know, it's just... Um, two people going out to the movies or to dinner and <laughs> and you can someone can make up a lie about themselves you know you you don't you can you know say all the good things about yourself and I remember um, when we were talking about Giselle about dating Drew goes well I never let out the bad things about me because I didn't want to lose your mom <laughs> and then we were laughing because we were saying hey he's just trying to be honest like you know, we we put our best forward, but we don't get to see, like, who we are until later. And he goes, and your mom was perfect, and, you know, and <laughs> so, and then, but not really, I was not. <laughs> but in in that form where Ruth and Boaz got to meet each other, um, you actually, I think it's a healthy way to see each other in a group setting because the real you comes out, and you get to see how they treat you or treat others. And um, instead of like, and now in, in our day, when you go date, just, um, you know, 
there's a possibility of not knowing them, you know, within time. You just know those dates between you and that person. So I don't know. I just thought about that. But um, they spent their time together in the context of a group, the men and the women who worked for, for Boaz in the harvest, to see how they acted towards others in a group setting, because sooner or later, that is how they were going to treat you. So um, when you know somebody or you're meeting somebody and you're praying that, you know, what does the Lord have in store for you and that person, it's good to know who they are, um, not just with you, um, because they do want you, you know, you want to... I mean, it's only natural when you like somebody and you want to give the best, you know, but when you get to know them for a while and see who they are in other settings, how they treat their family, how they treat their friends, um, that's, I feel like, a healthy way of knowing who they really are. And Boaz and Ruth um, got that gift, basically, because they were working together and they got to see that about each other. Um, Also at this time, Ruth and Naomi had gotten really close. Um, Naomi has grown to love her as a daughter. Time has passed where the Lord has allowed their relationship to flourish and, and become a family and be nurtured as a family, as a mother and daughter relationship. So we start off at Ruth 3, 1 through 2. Um, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose, whose young woman you were with, is he not a relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Naomi has a plan, and I see this as a loving mom. Um, she wants her daughter or her daughter-in-law to remarry. She wants that for um, security, um, for her she wants i'm sure like i'm thinking as a mom she wants her to find love she wants her to um, grow a family she wants to see that in naomi um, because she's still young and she's able to do that and um she has this plan and naomi has a plan and for many it can seem odd or risque since from the outside, this can raise a lot of eyebrows or questions because she's going over there. She's presenting herself to Boaz, which is, for me, out of the norm. I was think- I laughed a little bit because I thought, wait a minute, me go to him? Like, if it was me and my flesh, I would say, me go to him? No, he needs to come to me. <laughs> so, I mean, but um, no, she didn't think that way. And, and I bet she knew that she had, that Naomi had the best intentions for her because um, they had been together. She, Ruth knows that Naomi loves her and Naomi wants the best for her. And um, we see that, um, that Naomi called her daughter and um, Ruth honored her, her mother-in-law as a mother. Um, I also know that Boaz is a man of integrity. So she, she's, they got to meet who Boaz was, not just what people said, but she saw it, and they all saw it. So to go to Boaz, it wasn't just to go to any other man. It was her, the kinsman redeemer through her family line, but also the man that he was, a man of character. And um, 
we see too that if Naomi is going to ask her to do a risque thing, um, we know that Ruth is a virtuous woman. So um, I know in the book it talked about that um, during that time, other things happen. Like, um, I don't know, <laughs> like other women could take advantage of the situation that there was this going on, you know, and but not... I try to focus more on their character and not what could happen. I know that Kelly in the book had said, oh, did Naomi put them in a dangerous situation? I don't know. There's not a right or wrong answer. But I think because of their character and who they were in the Lord, I'm going to think the very best, you know, and think that God had a plan in this, even though it might look a little questionable from outside. Um so Ruth, I mean, Naomi is basically telling Ruth and suggesting that she is appealing, appeals to Boaz for marriage by what she, the instructions and her instruction. We see back in Ruth 1, 9, that those were Naomi's intentions in the beginning. She had told them, go back to your home, go back to your mom, remarry. Those were, that's what she wanted for her daughters-in-law anyway. So she, um that they would find rest and security in the home of a new husband. The Hebrew word for security is rest. A home is or should always be a place of rest and security. Um, Naomi says, is he not our relative? Naomi's suggestion to Ruth was rooted in a particular peculiar custom in ancient Israel. So we see that at first for me and my, um, in today's society, that might look, you know, I might not um, understand it because I didn't. This is um, the second time I'm studying Ruth. And when I read Ruth like five, six years ago and I studied Ruth, I didn't understand why would she tell her that? Why would she tell her just to go over there and, you know, and get all dressed up? And I'm like shy. So for someone to say that to me, that'd be really hard for me to do. But for them, um, it it wasn't wrong. Um, It was a custom the meaning behind the Hebrew word, um, goal, we, goal, goyal, right? Goal, that's what we learned last night. Goal, G-O-E-L. Okay, I'm just going to say goal. Um, Boaz was the family goal. Goal, sometimes translated kinsman redeemer, had a specifically defined role in Israel's family life. The kinsman, kinsman redeemer was responsible to buy a fellow Israelite out of slavery. He was responsible to, responsible to be the avenger of blood to make sure the murderer of a family member answered to the crime. He was responsible to buy back family land that had been forfeited. He was responsible to carry on the family name by marrying a childless widow, which we see here. Um, Naomi's husband and Ruth's father-in-law allowed for Ruth to make an appeal to him to safeguard Elimelech's family and take her in marriage. So it was an it was an honorable thing to not let someone's name just um, be extinct. Basically, it was honorable to have the man's line to continue in some way, some form. Um, Naomi, I believe, was asking Ruth to do something pretty forward, but for them it was proper and honorable. It was within their culture, and. Um, I thought about how many times have I judged something on society standards, um, on our standards on today. 
but was blind to the fact that God had a plan in it or that was God doing that the whole time. And it might be questionable from what we grew up in or what we were told and or what our culture says we shouldn't do or, um, you know, as women, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't speak this way or uh, but in the forms of we still honor God and we're not sinning against God. God can use anything and he goes out of that box, out of society's box. And he can, um, I just feel like that God doesn't use the rules of society. He uses his ways and his ways can be questionable, but they're always good. Proverbs twenty twenty four: a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? Um, Kelly says in her book, one of the most remarkable and mysterious parts of life is how frail and human plans somehow fit into God's master plan. If Boaz did not fulfill this duty, that then Elimelech's family would name would perish. Um, perpetrating the family name of Elimelech and every man in Israel was thought to be an important duty. These protections showed how important it was to God to possess preserve the institution of the family in Israel. And that is also important to him today. So when I thought about the threshing hold, I went to YouTube and I saw, what is this threshing hold? Oh, it's not. Um, <laughs> so I thought, okay, I have no idea because I've never worked in a farm. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's okay. I know I got distracted. I'm like... Um, <laughs> Sorry, ladies, in the night study. It's snowing, but they're probably don't. <laughs> probably not going to be there tonight. Anyways, so um, they thought, I don't understand any of this. Um, what is it? Willowing and threshing floor. So I saw the YouTube video, and so they're outside, and there's a flat floor. And what they do is um, winnowing is a method of separating the husk from the grain by wind or blowing air. So they got this basket and by the air, it's separating the husk, and it's making a pile over here and a pile over there. Um, so that's what he was doing. He was working hard. And um, then I went to research a little bit how in the threshing floor, it um, it is a symbol in the Bible, how God does that too. He separates. He went. Um, he separates from his children and the non-believers. And how, and it is a type of redemption on the threshing floor, you know, because he's redeeming us as his children. He's separating and how those that are, I believe, wicked, I believe that's what scripture says, or um, that they're just dust in the wind, basically. So just, um, but he does do that for, um, with us. Um, and that is a redemption, though, in, in that symbol. Um, so Ruth 3, 3 to 4 says, Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. We focus on the character Ruth and Naomi. I believe that this was not meant to seduce, like how I talked about in the book, but T. 
teaching Ruth to humble herself to the kinsman redeemer and adopt a, a, a posture of servant. So when she tells her, uncover his feet, she's, and lie down, he will tell you what you should do. She's, I know it's kind of awkward, <laughs> again, with this awkwardness, but she is showing her how to be a servant and how to be respectful and how to really, I mean, that's what, like Jesus, he washed our, he washed feet, right? And, and he washes us and he's, he came as a servant not to be served. So that's an example that when we go, um, to somebody and we are willing to have that attitude though. Um, and I thought of, um, I thought it was kind of romantic, even though I thought it was awkward, but it was romantic. And it made me think of, um, that God does honor when, and I'm thinking in a marriage, seeing how God does honor when we serve our husbands and where we have that attitude to, um, to just, um, basically fall at his feet and in service though. And, um, we might not really do that toward our husband. Like he comes home and then we're like at his feet. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, just that attitude to serve. Yes, honey, what do you need? Um, you know, with that gladness, with that love, um, um, with that pure heart um, to honor the Lord and honoring your marriage. Um, Ruth is appealing to his integrity by asking him to meet her need. So that's what she's going to do. That's the plan. It is humbling when you go the extra for your husband. That's where I was going. Naomi is interesting in entrusting her, um, oh, instructing her on male behavior too, because she says, make yourself, um, wash yourself, make yourself pretty, anoint yourself, smell good, put the best garment on. Um, she's, I saw Naomi just basically instructing her, look, um, this is how you're going to appeal to the, to, <laughs> um, to Boaz, um, by going to him in this form. Um, not in a way of, again, seducing and, um, but in a form of, of going your best and preparing yourself. This also makes me think of how, um, when we lay down our burdens, when we lay down um, those dirty garments or when we lay down our sins, when we lay down our past to the Lord and how he's the one who clothes us into something new and um, with him we are this sweet-smelling um, aroma that um, she's telling her to put on perfume or smell good, but Jesus does that for us. Um, when we put on Jesus. Um, anointing yourself, putting on your best garment. We do that when we put on the Lord. Um, so as believers, we are called to be a, fa- a fragrance of Christ, an aroma of life, modeling his love and his sacrifice. Um, if we go to Second Corinthians 2, 14 through 16, we said, now thanks um, be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved 
and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as the sincerity, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. And Ephesians 5, um, 1 through 12 says, I mean, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So just as Naomi is telling her, I'm sure that her she's already showing godly character. And... Um, but when she talked about this pretty and smelling good and the anointing of herself and putting the best garment, it just made me think of the Lord, how he does that for us. Putting on Jesus, being like-minded with Jesus, diffusing the fragrance of Christ, being authentic in our walk with the Lord, preparing our hearts for the Lord, putting on Jesus, laying down our burdens down, allowing him to garment over him, um, allowing us to put on those things that he has given us, like the fruit of the spirit. And, and those are, those are the things that are smelling good and, and pretty and, and show others the love of Christ. But also I could, and I, it's funny cause I put marriage talk or Christ talk. And so it's, it's hard because I, at the same time I was thinking, okay, how Christ, he does that for us. And how in the marriage, and I'm like, marriage talk, well, I know my husband likes it when I get myself together, because sometimes my hair is wild. That's curly hair. It's like, whoa, and I'm just wearing, like, bleached shirts and bleached pants. And, I mean, he loves me unconditionally, and I know that no matter how I look, but um, it's good when we do that for our husbands. And and um, I thought, too, how she told her, told Ruth, and to leave Boaz alone while he is eating, you know, she's kind of like coaching her on how to be a wife already, you know, let the man be, let him relax, let him finish eating, you know, and then the time will come, you know, and I thought, oh, how many times have, well, in, my, in our early marriage, has he come home and I'm like, oh, with all these problems that I had, <laughs> and you should know, you know, the kids did this, and it was crazy, and I cried, and and then now I just don't even burden him with my problems when he comes home. I just wait for, like, the right time, you know. And, and instead, when he comes home, you know, I try to make it like a home of rest, like it said, like a home of rest, relaxing. And, and I want to know that. I want him to know that I'm happy to see him, even when the days are hard. You know, I, I feel like that's important, that he knows that he's loved when he comes home. And go ahead and relax and eat, so... And, um, okay. So we go back to how she says, uncover his feet and lie down. So at the appropriate time, Naomi instructs Ruth to go in, uncover his feet and lie down. In the culture of that day, this was understood as an act of total submission. And um, in that day, this was um, a role of a servant as well to be at his feet to lay at their master's feet and be ready for any command of the, of the master. So when Naomi told Ruth to lie down at Boaz's feet, she told her to come to him in a total humble way. Um, so it wasn't frowned upon or looked upon. I think it's very brave of her to do that. Um, I think it's courageous. And um, to not 
deny that, but to say, yes, I will do everything you tell me to do. Um, Naomi wisely counseled Ruth to not come as a victim, um, demanding her rights. She's not going in there. Like, Ruth had this right, though, to... Um, to appeal to Boaz as the redeemer because it was in their tradition. And um, Ruth had that claim, her right, um, because of the culturally, it was expected actually for Boaz to marry her. Um, but, But she didn't come as demanding. She came as a servant with gentleness. Um, Trusting in the goodness of Boaz. So he will tell you what to do. They trusted in Boaz because he was a good man, a godly man. Ruth could con- confidently submit to Boaz. So I don't think Ruth would have, um, or Naomi would have advised her to do that if Boaz wasn't the man that he was. Um, because it was at, it was at night. They didn't have any lights. Um, she's waiting for him. She's waiting for him to fall asleep. Now she's at his feet, and she waits on him. So I don't know. I just I just thought it was funny how, like, if I did that for my husband, and he's out there working hard, and there's no, you know, really, it's really darkness the, the way it's it's portrayed here. Or imagine that it's dark, and then he goes to sleep, and then I just wait. I just wait. <laughs> I'm just waiting and until he does wake up. So... Um, So I feel like she goes there with confidence. Um, Ruth goes there. I'm, I'm not sure if she is scared or she's questioning, but um, she's confidently submitting to Boaz because of who he is um, and because of what Naomi has instructed her. Um, she's trusting in um, the plan or the what her mother-in-law has said. She's honoring that. So... In a marriage, our husbands desire that we submit the way Ruth is being told here. But does the, um, at the same time, you know, we can say, oh, that's, I guess it's a good picture of how Boaz is as a husband. He's a leadership, he's carrying gentleness, and is concerned um, for Ruth. And Boaz has, is a good man. And also, as wives, we want a husband who loves, cares, and treats us like Boaz. But are we willing to submit like Ruth did to um, the same kind of humble submission and respect Ruth showed to Boaz? Nevertheless, we are called to respect and submit, and our husbands are called to love and give up their lives as Christ. Even if one doesn't deserve it or is not doing their part, we do it because we love our spouse and because it honors the Lord. Okay, so Ruth 5, and she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Um, Ruth doesn't question Naomi. Um, I think this time Naomi is in a place of not doubting, like before she did question her. She's like, no, I'm going with you. Um, And this time she's like, okay, that's fine. I'll do whatever you say. And um, she's um, encouraging her to be courageous. God's ways at times can seem questionable or contrary, but our job is not to understand. Our job is to trust God and quickly obey. Ruth wisely receives the counsel. Naomi would not ask her to do such a thing um, if it was a dangerous thing. Um, that's why, like, 
Kelly had said, well, did she put her in a compromised situation? I don't think she did. I think she knew the character of Boaz and the character of Ruth. And so, and the Lord used it for his glory. Um, at Ruth, Ruth 3, 6 to 7, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and, and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. So he went to lay down at the end of the heap of grain. Um, there was a good reason why Boaz slept by the grain um, at the time of Judges. Remember, it was all chaos. There was no stability. There was no like law and order. So when there was there was much political and social instability in Israel, it wasn't unusual for thieves to come and take that away. Um, and still all the hard-earned grain a farmer had grown. So he had to sleep next to it because it was just too crazy. He couldn't leave it there. Boaz slept at the threshing floor to guard his crop against the kind of attacks described in 1 Samuel 23.1. So you can go back and even David is saying, okay, you know, guard it because it will it'll get stolen by thieves. And we see that she came in softly. First um, Peter 3, 3, 4 says, let your beauty not be external. The braiding of the hair, not those are cute things, you know. Um, I like to see braids and all that. It's cute. And wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes, but the inner person of the heart, the lasting beauty of a, beauty of a gentle and tranquil spirit. Which is a precious, which is precious in the in the God's sight. It's precious in the sight. Ruth three eight to nine. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled, and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet, and he said, "Who are you?" So she answered, "I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you, for you are a close relative." I don't know when I thought that, like when I imagined that, when I'm picturing it. I just thought that was kind of funny, like, he's sleeping, and then all of a sudden he's startled, and she's, like, right there, and it's like, who are you? And it made me think of a time when, um, <laughs> I don't know, when me and, you know, have you ever startled your husband at night or your children? It's kind of hilarious because, you know, one time I was, you know, it was during the summer, and we had our window open, and I woke up, and there was a shadow in front of us, and it looked like it was an animal, so I thought there was an animal in the room, and I'm like, ah, and then Drew's like, ah, and he fell off the bed, and, you know, now we laugh about it. I just, when I thought about, was it like that? Was it awkward? Was he like, hey, like sleepy eyes or anything? Was he like, whoa? But again, she came gentle. She wasn't screaming like I was, you know, in the middle of the night, and, <laughs> and started with my husband, but, um, but it's an intimate um, thing going on, right? And so I guess I can understand when she says that a lot of teachers skip that part (laughs) but it is it is romantic it is something intimate and and to have that with someone who you love and you know that you trust that they're not going to harm you in any way and he wasn't like he didn't think bad of her because she was at his feet at night at midnight outside with no light I just thought that was it's um they both had the right heart God sees their heart and who they were in their character um, God used it. God is using it. And it is pure. It's pure. Even though it's awkward, it's pure. Like, And that's the beauty of the Lord, um, how he does that with our relationships, um, with our friends, with our sisters in Christ, with um, 
with our brothers in Christ. And, and that's, how it, that's how it is. With God, that's how things are um, when we allow him to be the middle of all of our relationships. Um, so, so it happened at night that the man was startled in the darkness. I'm sure he had sleepy eyes and all. But instead of a thief, it was his future wife. Um, Ruth says, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing. Um, Ruth is presenting herself as Boaz's servant with great humility and submission. But we can also come to the Lord with the heart of service. Um, John twelve twenty six says, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And... Um, Jesus wants to take us under his wing. And we talked about that last um, last week that he protects us, right? And she is asking for Boaz to do the same thing. Um, here she bo- boldly asks Boaz to take her in marriage. This was a culturally relevant way to say, I am a widow, take me as your wife. Even in the present day, when a Jew marries a woman, he throws the skirt or end of his talith over her to signify that he has taken her under his protection. In Ezekiel 16.8, God uses the same terminology and relation to Israel. I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you and you became mine, says the Lord God. God longs to be our refuge, but like Boaz, he is a gentleman. Ruth shows a perfect example of humbling. Whatever it is, encourage and asking him to spread his wing over us. So we can do that. We can give up anything to the Lord. Whatever our hurts, our past, our sicknesses, um, whatever our our spiritual attacks, we can all just give it up to the Lord. And even our thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts are not um, pleasing. I give that up to the Lord too. I go, Lord, you know what I'm feeling. I'm frustrated. Whatever it is, I'm just going to going to give it up to you and he wants that he wants us to come to him every single time and everything he knows who you are he loves you and your imperfections he loves you and where you are right now um we must surrender our will to do the one who is able to cover us with his redemption our kinsman redeemer there you will find refuge forgiveness grace grace and strength um it was, an appro- it was not an appropriate thing for Ruth to go towards Boaz. Um, she was very bold and courageous. Ruth 3, 10 to 11. Okay. So we'll just keep reading down. Um, Ruth 10. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than in the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. Maybe he felt he was, I don't know if he was too old for her or, you know, but I think she admired and respected him, and he saw that. And um, and now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. He knew already that she came in honor. She was a virtuous woman. She wasn't there for anything else, but she was doing the right thing. She was honoring her culture. She was honoring her God. Um, stay this night. Um, now it is true that I am close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. So there is someone who could redeem her. 
but he wants to do the right thing. Um, he could have also said, I can redeem you and you should marry me, but he didn't do that. He's a gentleman. He could, he, they both had that right, but they didn't take advantage of each other. And um, there was a closer redeemer, and he had to honor God by going to him and asking him and making sure that it's God's will. When we do that, when um, we everything that we do is we want to honor God, God will show himself to see. He will show you if it is his will. Um, Say this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good. Let him do it. He's trusting God. If this is God's will that he redeems you, then good. Um, But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty. Um, Then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. So she does what he says. So um, 14, so she lay at his feet until morning and she arose before one one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Now, I don't know. I don't know if he really cared about if people would say something. I think he cared more of his integrity and honor of the other kinsman redeemer. He wanted to respect him, right? He didn't want word to get out that he's already planning to go like ahead of him. But I think he just wanted to do things right, um, correctly, and honorable. Um, Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when he held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. Um, When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me. For he said to me, do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. So I think about the big the big gift that she took. It's like a 58 to 95 pound gift. That's huge. Um, we think of Jesus, of how he's our greatest gift. Um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of living water, the gift of life, the gift of salvation, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I just think that's how it's even more than what she took home. We have more than abundance with the Lord. And um, Naomi is telling her to wait, um, waiting on the Lord. Psalms twenty-seven, fourteen says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Psalm 25, 5 says, lead me into your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day. If he is making you wait, it is for a good reason. He will come through always, and the Lord will not rest until he has concluded the matter. Just like Naomi is trusting Boaz to conclude the matter, God always concludes any matter for us. He cares about all things. Um, Trust in him. Prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this chapter. There's so much. There's history. There's um, tradition. There's culture. There's you. There's um, love between Boaz and Ruth. And I just thank you for all the things that you show us, Father. And I love you, Lord. And I pray that you give us strength to wait on you. If, If there's anything that you're asking us to wait, we know that you will come through every time. And that we would just trust in you and And that you have a great plan for us, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.